All right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Sunday, January 7th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live after the Golden Globes. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. We both just watched the Golden Globes uh, on television. We watched mm-hmm. television, and we were texting the whole time, but we, we, you know, we saved it. We didn't want to waste it in the hallway, so we texted, mm-hmm. but we didn't text what we're going to talk about. So no. it's gonna be we're, we're really going to surprise each other now with our Golden Globes takes. But I guess, Clayton, we do have to start with box office. And I think this might be a quicker than usual box office discussion uh, for the weekend. So would you give us a plow for the box office weekend of Friday, January 5th? Number one, Wonka made $14.4 million, down 36%. It lost 234 theaters. It's at $164.6 million in its fourth weekend. Number two, a newbie, Night Swim, made $12 million in its first frame. Number three, surprising, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, $10.6 million, down 42%. It lost 234 theaters. It's at $100 million domestic in its third weekend. Number four, Migration made $10.2 million, down 40%. It lost 127 theaters. It's at $77.8 million in its third weekend. Number five, Anyone But You, $9.5 million, an increase of 9% with no theater change. It is at $43.7 million in its third frame. Number six, The Boys in the Boat made $6 million, down 28%. It added 130 theaters. It's at $33.8 million in its second weekend. Number seven, The Color Purple, $4.7 million, down 59%. It added 15 theaters. It's at $54.6 million in its second weekend. Number eight, The Iron Claw, $4.5 million, down only 3%, even though it lost 382 theaters. It is at $24.8 million in its third frame. Number nine, Ferrari made $2.5 million, down 36%. It lost 265 theaters. It's at $16 million in its second weekend. And number 10, Surging Poor Things made $2 million, down only 12%. It lost 50 theaters. It's at $14.2 million in its fifth weekend. That is your top 10. I mean, we'll we'll talk poor things later because we're going to talk a lot about the Globes, and that is a movie whose box office could be helped by tonight's Golden Globes. Uh, a movie whose box office will not be helped by any award show from now until the end of time is the number one movie this weekend, Night Swim. Uh, no, the it was not number movie. one. It was number two, Night Swim. Of course, Wonka was nominated tonight. Uh, did not win Timothy Chalamet Best Actor in a Musical. All right, Night Swim came in number two. It made twelve million. You know, horror always wins. This is January horror and January dump horror. Uh, it made on the low end of the tracking, kind of under the tracking. The tracking for this seemed to start around thirteen. Um, you know, last year we had Megan. We knew this would not be Megan making thirty million, inspiring all the dances, being a phenomenon. But I, I, I got to say this, Night Swim did even less than I think any of us would have thought. This is real low end of, of But Pat, we're talking, horror. and I know on this budget and for these movies, $3 million is a big deal. 
I mean, we're talking a swing here of $3 million. I mean, this thing didn't come in at $7 million. No, no. It didn't come it did, in at $5 million. So let's not act like it's a disaster. No, it's this is not a disaster. It's, it's going to make no everyone Megan. money. It's, it's Here's the thing. is It's a type of movie that there's, to us, I would say, nothing to get excited about. Because based off of the audience responses to this, C. this feels like a movie that's, yeah, it got a C cinema score. This movie is going to, I think, crater. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any, you know, there's not, there's not talk to me. There's not Megan buzz. There's not even, you know, it's not a final destination. It's not a, what were those movies where they were trapped in a maze? Uh, uh, the horror movies from a couple of years ago, they were like, in a, are you uh, talking about escape room, escape room? It's not an escape room. Even I would say level horror movie. This night to him feels like. Uh, yeah, listen, it made 12 million. Maybe I'm coming in hot being down on this because it so underperformed what I expected. But this feels like a movie that next weekend drops like 70%. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I don't think, I mean, this was within the tracking. Yes, it, it didn't go over the tracking. It didn't over index in any, you know, demographic truly. So, I mean, it was. Uh, you know, it was a uh, male and female split, you know, mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of young women and men went either together or apart 18 to 34 largest demographic, 18 to 24 that mm-hmm. tracks for a PG 13 horror movie, 37% Caucasian, 31% Latino yep. and Latino Hispanic came up big, of course, 19% yep. black and seven, 7% Asian. So, it's got a horror movie sort of demographic split. I mean, it's just like you said, nothing to write home about. Yeah. Um, and so not really much to talk about here. Yeah. This isn't going to turn Wyatt Russell into Patrick Wilson, you know, or Ethan Hawke, a guy who's going to be, let's get him a bunch of horror franchises. I don't think this is going to lead to night swim Two. You know, we talked about the possibility. Does this go into the ocean? I don't think this ever makes it into the ocean based on this opening weekend. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, you know, they, you talked the last episode. Should they have started with a above ground pool? And Are you more their, on my side now? No, I, I agree. Well, no, I, I think it, they had to start with the, uh, the below ground pool because they, they never would have gotten a sequel the series would have ended with an above ground pool. And I think that's the type of thing that you don't want to have people making fun of you years later that the, the franchise never got past an above ground pool. Yeah. I think you also could, if this was a success to a prequel where it is an above ground pool. Uh, right. And I don't think we'll ever get that. Well, that's a, that's a scream box original type of situation. You know, like if a, a, a horror specific streamer wants a night swim prequel to get the above ground pool movie, but I don't think that's theatrical. I don't yeah. think so. Um, um, I think, yeah. So night swim again, not much to talk about there. I think something to keep track of, and we'll have more time to talk about this movie because of, how well it's doing and how little there is coming out is Wonka back to number one yep. doing its thing, yep. uh, you know, holding spectacularly in a way that is akin to, and maybe even, even better than Jumanji. Well, it, it's never going to get to what Jumanji did in the, in the final numbers, but the holds Jum- are, are similar. 
the holds are similar. The holds are spectacular for Wonka. It seems like it's going to do, I would end up saying significantly more. Well, maybe not significantly, but it's going to beat the Burton Depp Wonka. You know, mm-hmm. right now this movie's at 165 after four weeks, still number one. The the Burton Depp movie, I think, got to 204 million domestic. Wonka feels like it's going to beat that. Wonka feels like it's got a shot to get 225 or so. You know, I yeah. think this movie's got another 60 plus million dollars domestic left in it. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we'll talk Wonka more, obviously because it's going to be out for a little while. We'll see how, how much it can hold. Uh, I do think we need to mention Aquaman coming in at three. We had it at four. We thought yeah. migration would beat it. It was very close. We, but we, we, we were, we were saying there's a possibility it would come in five. I mean, that's where we were at last episode. I think you were more there than I was. Okay. Okay. But at this point, really, but that's what still you're talking, a we. Uh, well, I mean, listen, so do you want to stand by everything I say? Okay, no, you're right. That wasn't we. It was just me on Aquaman and you on all the other stuff you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How yeah. scared did you just get? Yeah, I, uh, I saw a bleak future there. So no, you you're did. right. So right now we're not talking about profit with Aquaman and the Lost no. Kingdom. We're talking about minimizing loss. Yes. Right? Yes. So when this thing makes $100 million domestically, which is only the fourth out of eight 2023 superhero titles to make that, mark and achieve that Mm -hmm. uh that's positive in the sense that it's less of a financial hit for warner brothers which doesn't matter to us because we're not warner brothers and we're not zaslov so we don't care we care about theatrical and how many people are going and putting their butts in the seats and buying tickets and this is still you know pacing alongside black adam and meg two two movies no one's ever going to think about ever again i mean the rock will always think about black adam but but otherwise, I mean, it's just like how little face can you save here um, when it comes to Aquaman? I mean, I think this is a face-saving result and run so far for Momoa. I think Momoa is the one who doesn't, because of this run, doesn't get sucked down into the Zachary Levi, Brie Larson territory. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think he could point to them and say, Listen, people didn't want to see them, but they wanted to see me. Mm-hmm. And maybe, and he could say, hey, a year from now, he's on, you know, Graham Norton talk show or whatever he's on. And I think he could start making fun of, they had a premiere and they were giving out bagel bites mm-hmm. and yoo-hoos. You know, maybe if they would have promoted the Aquaman movie, people would have, more people would have went because they sure loved me, you know, and, and yeah. Graham Norton will fall off his chair and, and it, it'll, you know, it, it'll be a, a viral video a year and from we'll, now. And we'll talk about this when we get to the Golden Globes, because, of course, you know, uh, 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 um, Robert Downey Jr. had a speech there. We're not going to spoil or anything, but he did talk on stage. Yeah. And, he, he you know, quippy. he's he's quipping, but he's he's prepping for, you know, his bigger awards speeches that he'll have. And you know, there's going to be a dig at Marvel in there. There's going to be a joke about Iron Man. There's going to be a joke about, you know, I'm actually in front of, I was actually with other actors. I wasn't a green ski. He's going to make a snide little comment, right? Yeah. Yeah. We saw Steven Yun 
big winner as well. We can talk about that because it's TV and no one gives a shit. It's even right, worse right. than TV. It's Netflix. But you know, Steven Yoon, he escaped. We talked about it. If, you, he if you're not a YouTube subscriber, you must subscribe because we did a web exclusive just a few days ago. Steven Yeun escaped the Marvel Thunderbolts movie. We talked about that at length. And then tonight he won a Golden Globe. I mean, that mm-hmm. is a man who has carved out a great path for himself by leaving Marvel, by winning awards. And, you know, that is that is where these actors are at now. You're right. Downey Jr., I think he's saving it for the Oscars. I think he doesn't want... Yeah. That's the big one. That's the one everyone's waiting for him to make, is to make fun of Marvel. And yeah. I think what he's going to say is, you want me to make fun of Marvel on a, on a stage holding an award? It's got to be an Oscar. I'm not doing that for a SAG award. I'm not doing that for a Globe. I'm not doing that for a Blockbuster award. Give me the Oscar, and I'll make fun of how this thing looks more real than my Iron Man suit from uh, Endgame. Yes. Uh, As Iron Man and his performance in Iron Man paved the way for this past, you know, generation of superhero movies, his talking shit about superhero movies he will be the person who blazes the trail for other victims yes of these movies to speak out like momoa momoa yes. will feel emboldened by robert downey mm-hmm. jr and steven yun and i don't think steven yun he's classy he's not gonna make any snide comments obviously he made the strongest comment which is escaping yes. but i think you're gonna see momoa play along with graham norton and obviously make some jokes about Aquaman, I can't believe I played the lamest character ever in comics and right. blah, blah, blah. I mean, I think that is going to happen. Yes, yes, yes. I I, 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 I think you're right. And I think Momoa, maybe it's not now. Maybe he's not ready. But I agree. Someday he will speak out against the these uh, what, what the superhero industry did to him and other actors. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's a face-saving run for him that it's doing better than any of these post-Quantumania superhero movies. Doing, I would say it's going to end up doing much better than those. But um, so again, much better is of, of course, Of course. So listen, you know what? Let's get out of the, out of the negative. You know, oh. Night Swim, disappointing horror, Aquaman, you know, another superhero stinker. Let's get into the most positive box office story we have had in a long time. Anyone but you. but you. Clayton, I told you about this. I got a text over the weekend from wannabe O senior intern Christopher. Mm-hmm. And he texted me. He saw the, you know, the Saturday numbers for anyone but you, what the weekend was shaping up to be. And he texted me, I think you might be right. This might be something about Mary Territory. Now, yeah. listen. Okay. He wasn't a lot. Uh, listen, I love wannabe O senior intern Christopher. Uh, right. great, we are Penn State. We are Penn State. Great okay. kid. We are the, alumni. Next year, when he graduates college, bidding war, radio shows around the country. Oh, Barstool, going to open the checkbook. The Ringer, open the checkbook. K-Rock, 92.3 New York, open the checkbook. Serious. They're all going to be bidding for the services of wannabe O Senior and Sir Christopher. But-, but was but. not alive when that happened. Was yeah. not alive. Okay. Yeah. So listen, I'll take it from you and I'll listen to it from you and yeah. I'll ponder it from you. Right. But was not alive, right? I mean, there's no way he was alive in 97, 98. 
Um, he would not have been alive. No, he would not, not have been alive. alive. He would have been dead. He would have been pre-alive, pre-alive. pre-alive. Yeah. So yeah, Christopher yeah. would have been pre-alive during the historic box office run of There's Something About Mary. But he was saying, the text was thinking I might be right. Because I'm the one who said, compared anyone but you to There's Something About Mary. Now, of course, I'm not saying in final overall tally anyone but yeah. you it's not going to make what did something about mary get to 160 170 something like that just you know a domestic you know huge hit should have been nominated that year for best picture talking about awards yeah but but this movie is now at 43.7 million after three weeks it just went up nine percent so mm-hmm. that is what we're talking about that fact that week to week this movie is increasing its audience. It is a uh, it's a genuine phenomenon. It's a when, word of mouth phenomenon, which yes. is important. Yes. Right? Because the marketing, as I've said many times, and I still stand by, yeah. that marketing team should have been fired. Yeah. And they the people are doing their job for them. Now, mm-hmm. I don't approve of that for everything. I think, you know, of course, Barbenheimer, a great example of that sort of thing, taking off and doing a good job. But I think that this is like truly a, hey, my buddy saw this or my girlfriend saw this or my buddy's girlfriend saw this or my buddy's partner saw this or two people I know mm-hmm. saw this mm-hmm. and recommended it to me. Mm-hmm. And that is really powerful. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's what's happening. I mean, there's that. You know, uh, people obviously like this movie, though Though it it is strange because, you know, the reviews haven't been great. But, you know, we're not critics, huh? huh? And audience are not critics, huh? Audiences like what they like. And they they seem to like this movie. And I think what's important is younger people seem to like this movie. And that's what matters because that's who's going to the theater. So it doesn't matter if, you know, the, the, the critic for the Idaho sun times, uh, doesn't like this movie. The young people who go see movies like this movie, Pat, here's what happened with the critics. Okay. The critics love the curse. They're slurping on the curse. Okay. They're sucking off the curse. Okay. So you're talking TV now you're talking, I'm talking TV. Okay. When Nathan Fielder and Emma Stone, listen, we love Emma Stone. Love Emma Stone. Goofed on this movie. The critics mm. said, I can't give a good review to a movie that yeah. these darlings right. shit on. Right, right. They shit right. on it. They, they did. Straight up shit on it. Yeah. And so all the little critics said, we can't look uncool. By right. liking this movie and thinking it's good. Right. Nathan wouldn't be for me. If, yeah. If I if I said that I like this movie, he he made fun of this movie. So all the lemmings ran together, okay. right? And they just ran themselves off a big hill because guess what? The people who pay the money to see the movies, who buy tickets, mm-hmm. like this movie. Right. Right? Which is more important than somebody trying to be cool. Here's looking back at that, looking back at the Nathan Fielder, Emma Stone making a, a, a parody of the anyone but you trailer. Mm-hmm. I'll say Emma Stone could do whatever she wants. She's a movie star. Free pass. She's, 
starred in movies, starred in hit movies, starred in Best Picture winning movies, got an Oscar, you know, La La Land, giant box office phenomenon, favorite was a hit. She's a movie star. Nathan Fielder going out there and making fun of a movie, especially now a movie that is a box office phenomenon. In retrospect, that's a disgrace. And that's, yeah. that is, that is a disgusting act. It's a despicable act. It's a despicable, it's a despicable act. act. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. How, how never been in a movie as far as I, well, or maybe I was it, he was in the night of, or whatever. Wasn't he in the night of with Seth Rogen, that terrible Christmas movie? Jeez. I get, I mean, uh, was, was he a, a child in that movie? I mean, that I think I, that he was movie. an Uber driver. I think he was an Uber driver. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely never opened a movie. No. You know, he's open streamers. He's definitely opened some streaming shows. And yeah. streaming shows we've liked. Sure. But and he's, he's never... opened, he listen, he's opened parody Starbucks. Yeah. And that's a thing, right? Yeah. That's great for TV. But you're not gonna make a movie about opening a parody Starbucks. No. No. Okay, because you can't stretch that to an hour and a half. No. Listen, and I like the guy. I don't I, we I, like the guy. Come like on the, the show. Guy. Come on the show. Come on the show. Come on the we show. We like the guy, but you know, you tried to fuck these guys over, and now they're getting the last laugh. Yes, yes. S- Sydney Sweeney and uh, uh, Glenn Powell should now do a parody of, of their parody of their parody, and they should be doing a standing there reading the week to week holds of anyone but you, mm-hmm. but doing it yeah. in the guise of. And you know what? Don't even make fun of Emma Stone. Do it in the guise of both of them are playing Nathan Fielder. That's yeah. what they should do. That's yeah, what they yeah. Really, do. dunk. You can't dunk on a movie star because you know. Yeah, I mean, she took a sex Frankenstein movie to ten million some dollars. Yeah, yeah. No, Emma know? Stone is a movie star, but Nathan Fielder going out there and uh, and shitting all over a movie before it came out that that's a a, a disgusting act. Now I'm trying to find this because Mendelssohn, of course, in his Substack, which again. We've said many times, Outside subscribe, must read, pay to subscribe. You owe him a living. If you listen yes. to this podcast, you owe him a living. Yes. Okay. Yes. He's now, the godfather. He's the one who inspired all of this. Yes. So, uh, in one of, in one of his many great posts, he mentions that this, this movie is making more in the third weekend than it did in the first and the second. Wow. Wow. Right. And I, I might be getting that wrong. And, and if no, I am, it, but, it, but, but it, it is. is because it, it, the second weekend went up from the first weekend. Yeah. Yeah. No, 9.5 uh, million that anyone but you made this past weekend is its biggest weekend yet. Yeah. So this is a legit phenomenon. And, and, and I would like to mea culpa. Okay. Because here I am, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about Nathan Fielder and I'm acting like my hands aren't dirty. Okay. We dunked on this. I mean, I, I, we dunked on this movie. I said this could be Armageddon time. I said this could open to under a million. Listen, right? there's a there's a web exclusive on the Bo Boys YouTube channel where we did a trailer tracking on this trailer mm-hmm. months ago. Yeah, and we crapped all over it. The thing is, that's our job. Our job our is job. to talk box office, talk about movies. That's not Nathan Fielder's job. His job is to make little scene streaming shows. Nathan Fielder's job is to apparently rip off Synecdoche, New York, to make a TV show. Yeah, which is I'm not talking about this. This what he's doing now. The previous show he did, which is great. Which is great. It's great. It's not a movie. 
It's not a movie, no. but it's something. No, but that his job was not to make fun of this movie. Our job was, of course, to give honest predictions about this movie. But you want to make a mea culpa for goofing on your, this movie because goofing on because this movie, yeah. I obviously and I said I blame the marketing. I do think the marketing was terrible, mm-hmm. and I could only go from the trailers. And from mm-hmm. the trailers, it looked terrible. But we are going to see this movie this week. Yes. Yes. And that is huge because we usually, if we want to see a movie, we usually see it opening. Yeah. Opening week. Opening, opening but before day. the rest of America could see it, ideally. Yes. Ideally, we're seeing it when it's a New York, LA exclusive. That's how exactly. early we see movies. Yeah. And so I think that we have to be part of this phenomenon. We have to see what the ticket buyers are seeing in this film. Mm-hmm. And it might not be for us. I think we'll probably enjoy it. Oh, yeah. But it doesn't matter what we think. It, it only matters what we think when we are putting that money down, right? right. I mean, and then when we're on this show as the B.O. boys. Yep. But as a, as a, oh, I liked it or didn't like this movie, that means zero. Because right. I already paid for that movie. Right. And even if I dislike it, I already paid for it. This movie, you know, we talked about it a little last week when it had the great second weekend. Of course, when it was doing the great day by days, I will not say day by day. Watch Eat it. Popcorn, I promise. I will not say day by day. Um, we talked about how this is huge for Sydney Sweeney. I think after that first week, we were sort of like, oh, this is a sigh of relief for Sydney Sweeney. This is turning into a full-on star-making box yes. office run. I mean, this movie gets itself to seventy million, which I think it's going to do. I mm-hmm. think it's going to do. This is a star-making run. It's not Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman. It's not Cameron Diaz. There's something about Mary, but you know what? In modern-day box office, mm-hmm. where the romantic comedy had seemed to be pushed by the wayside, pushed into the dumpster of streaming. Mm-hmm. it's as close as you're going to get to that opportunity. You know, if this movie gets itself to 70, I mean, God willing gets itself to 80 domestic, mm-hmm. who knows? Th- that's a movie star making box office run. And and romantic comedies usually are star makers for the female lead more than the male mm-hmm. lead. So I think she, and also I think in general, she gets more credit for this. I do think, a big part of why this movie is getting so many young people to the theater is because of her. She's more popular than we gave her credit for before this came out. Absolutely. And I mean, talking about Julia Roberts, I mean, Ticket to Paradise, 68 million domestic, right? That is now going to be beaten, most likely, if this continues, you know? Uh, And that was a, looked at as a success because it had two legacy stars Mm -hmm. uh, in a romantic comedy. I don't think it was well-liked necessarily, but it still felt nice to see George Clooney and Julia Roberts in something that had like a fun uh, romantic element to it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if this thing can get to pass that, and like you said, 80, that is a triumph. Yeah, yeah. That would be a great uh, uh, marker is when anyone but you gets itself past Ticket to Paradise because it's mm-hmm. then the new eating, uh, you know, the young eating the old. Yeah. You know, it's it's Glenn Powell 
and Zinni Sweeney devouring George Clooney and Julia Roberts and gaining their box office strength, which is here's, what you want to see. You want to see the new generation eat the old generation. So when this gets itself to 69 million, 69 is a big number for anyone but you to get to. I mean, here's the video, right? You get George Clooney, you get Julia Roberts, because mm. they got to be good sports about this. Yes. And, you know, they run into Sidney Sweeney and Glenn Powell at an airport mm-hmm. and they hand them over two tickets. Yeah. And they say, These are yours now. Yeah. And they say, congrats on 69. Yeah. 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 Great six and then and then yeah yeah and yeah and then Clooney says like something funny or whatever yeah yeah and and you can let Clooney plug his vodka plug yeah. his coffee makers whatever uh-huh. you yeah. know and Julie Roberts can plug whatever streaming movie she's got going on and whatever you know, Amazon show yeah 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 but but the main thing is yes you hand them those tickets and you say great job on that sixty nine yeah. And then um, it's going to keep going. This movie's going to keep going. Here's something to throw out there before we move off of this movie. Okay. Do we think it will have the momentum? Because we're sitting here. Tonight is Sunday, January 7th. 7th. Can this movie what are you talking about get V-Day? itself to February, get itself to V-Day? V-Day, V-Day weekend. You know, you'd hope, you'd hope V-Day would be a big weekend. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's possible that drops theaters and then you do a big re-release with a new scene or an introduction, a new Mm. introduction with Sidney Sweeney and Glenn Powell. Yeah. Uh, Or or just like side angles. You know what I mean? Just get promise different angles. Yeah. We're getting I mean, a new release, same movie, you know, same same length, new angles. Yeah. Or one scene is upside down. Right. Right. And you're like, which one is it going to be? Yeah. And then you're like, oh, that was the one. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that right? makes sense to be upside down. I think, I think, I mean, that's, I think that's a wave of the future. I think we've seen that in other, you know, we've seen that done before where it's like, you want to get people back in, you add an extra ending, you add an extra scene. I think they do that. I think they have some probably scenes on the cutting room floor. They might have a blooper reel. They add a blooper reel to the end. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe there's a blooper reel during the credits. I don't know, but Blooper reel in the middle of the movie. Who knows? Do something to get people who've already seen the movie to see it again. Yeah. Um, Friday, February uh, 14th, which is uh, Valentine's weekend, Mm -hmm. Madam Web opens. So Sidney Sweeney's next movie opens. Oh. Is it it Sweeney versus Sweeney for the top? I mean, also uh, the Bar Marley movie opens that weekend, I think. We'll talk a lot about that in the next month. I think that's going to be at least a big opening weekend movie. Um, but Sweeney versus Sweeney, February 14th on Valentine's Day. I mean, that's I what mean, I want to see. That's great marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's get, uh, okay. Let's, let's get, get into, into the Globes. We got to get into it. We got to get into it. I mean, this was the, we purposely are doing this right after the Globes so we could talk about the Globes. Golden Globes are back. All the stars are back. Everyone, everyone's done protesting the Globes. That's over. Rear yeah. view mirror. That's a, it's, it's done. It's done. Everything's it's done. different. Everything's changed. Everything's different. Everything's changed. So now the BO boys are covering the Globes. They're not a series of tweets anymore. They are a, an award show on television. I guess they were on television last year. Yeah. 
but they were hosted by Jared Carmichael, and we kind of are all forgetting yeah. that telecast. Uh, this he is really the return. burnt down Hollywood. He really burnt, burnt, it, burnt it down, burnt the city down. Oh um, boy, caution tape. Get him some caution, caution tape. tape. So yeah, you're right. All the stars were out. Uh, Joe Coy, Jim Gaffigan, yeah, uh, Fluffy, Fluffy, George, George Lopez. Lopez. But you know, hey, George, I, I George saw, Lopez apparently stole the show in Blue Beetle. That's what I've heard. So I saw he's in Todd a movie. Glass in the audience. Wow. Um. So if the Globes, Todd Glass must start. he might have got eighty bucks a joke for the, some of those Good. monologue jokes tonight. Let's just start. We're going to talk about the movies, but. Let's just start yeah. with what the Golden Globes did wrong. One of the things it did wrong was it doubled down on comedians. Okay, it's bad enough you have TV, right? It's bad enough that you give awards to TV shows. You're going to sully your award show with stand-up specials? Right. Like, what next? An award for best achievement in subway masturbation? Right. What how low can you go, Golden right. Globes? Right. right. That's the next level of showbiz after stand-up is subway masturbation for, for coins. Yes. Now, I think that that stand-up achievement award, one and done. It's got to yes. be one and done. Ricky Gervais won and he wasn't even there. Right. Okay. So that's he was He was, no, but he was busy. He was out having a laugh. He was having he a was, laugh. He was having a laugh. He was taking the piss as well. He's is, taking is a pass. What I've heard, yeah. So, uh, Joe Coy, um, embarrassing, but didn't do the sort of Ricky Gervais, I'm going to just be a dick to everybody, which I never was a fan of. Uh, we want to see the famous people, and we want yeah. them to make the jokes, not you. Yes. Uh, so, Joe Coy, inoffensive, but a little depressing to watch. Otherwise, you know, I think it was a pretty speedy show for what it yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, if it were not for giving out awards for television, it would have been a tight 90-minute show. Perfect. And, Perfect. and listen, we love, we don't talk TV, we love the shows that won in the sense that The Bear won and Succession mm -hmm. won. Two actual great shows that said, I want to watch them win the Emmys in a couple of weeks. I don't yeah. want to see those shows on the Golden Globes. But, and I, I but, do, th when you look at The Bear, that is, that is like the minor leagues for the next movie stars. Like that's yes. why I was enjoying the bear winning is because yep. you're looking at these people winning and you're thinking, what's their movie? What's their next yes. movie? Right. Uh, who's the other person that hasn't won yet from this show. That's going to get a movie. It's minor leagues for movies, which I think is really interesting to see. That's true. No, no, that's true. That that is a useful part of having TV stuff on the Golden Globes. Is we got to see, you know, Jeremy Allen White, who's got a hit movie right now, Iron Claw, mm -hmm. dropped three percent this weekend. I mean, that yep. is a big success for a twenty four. It's going to be moving up. Looks like it's in their all time top five pretty soon domestically. Mm -hmm. Like Iron Claw, huge hit. So you got Jeremy Allen White won a Globe tonight future movie player mm -hmm. uh and iowa to Barry for the bear i mean she had great in bottoms bottoms awesome speech tonight on the globe star making mm -hmm. performance on that stage she's someone who's yeah. gonna be in movies so yeah she's you're gonna right. have people writing movies for her yes yes so, Saying, so i that, want her in our movie yes yes people will say that so you're right that it that part of the show is useful because it's 
creating new movie stars or showcasing future movie stars. But as far as the movies go, I'm coming in hot right now. I'm coming in All real right. hot. Are you cutting the shit? Yeah, I'm cutting the shit. Here's the thing. They gave out an award we've talked about on the show before. Golden Globes created a new award co- called Best Achievement in Box Office and Cinematic or Cinematic and Box Office Achievement. Barbie won that award tonight. Yeah. And of course it did. Of course yeah, it did. It should have. Because it made the most money out of any movie released mm-hmm. this year. So yeah, it should have beat John Wick 4, which made less money. It should have beat uh, uh, the Taylor uh, Swift Eras Taylor event. Swift Eras tour, which made less money. Yes. It should have beat the, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. A movie that m- was such a box office underperformer not that part there will one not anymore. be a, there not will, part one anymore. Rebrand. Well, there will be a part two because they're rethinking all of their Mission Impossible strategy because of this box office. So yes, Barbie should have beat that tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and it beat Oppenheimer because, of course, it should have because Oppenheimer made less money. And here's where I'm cutting the shit. Mm-hmm. Oppenheimer made as much as it did because of Barbie, because it was part of Barbenheimer. Mm-hmm. Oppenheimer opens a month earlier in June. It does not make anywhere near as much money as it did piggybacking off of Barbie. Mm-hmm. So first of all, the cat, the award itself is a joke mm-hmm. it's or, or if you're going to have that award have it be barbie's the only nominee because it's the only possible winner yeah because of course it had to win second well of they all, throw in cinematic achievement like they had to throw in that little like well maybe gives himself an out maybe yeah just because it made maybe it made the most money but is it cinematically an achievement maybe super mario brothers the movie should win because of the cinematic achievement part not the box office part so, first of all, the existence of that makes no sense. Second of all, it should have been the last award given tonight because it's the most important award it's most important. because it's it's honoring box office. So Which is you create the this tape award. that matters. You create this award, an award that can only have one winner, and yet you have eight other nominees or however many other nominees they had, and then you put it on in the middle of the show. It's the most important award you could possibly give all night. The final award of the show should have been the award for box office achievement going to Barbie, the only nominee, and that's how you close the show. Because but, but, everything else on that show pales in importance to an award honoring box office. You don't give that award, the box office award, you don't give that in between supporting actress and a TV drama and original score. You put that last. You put that last. The ninth inning of a baseball game doesn't come before the fourth inning of a baseball game. It comes last because it is the most important part of the game. Well, because, Pat, it was box office, but also cinematic achievement. So, therefore, best picture, right, comedy or drama, those are all cinematic achievements, right? They're winning for cinematic achievement. Therefore, less important because there's no box office. Because there's no box office component. But if you're right. giving an award for both together, that right. is the last award. But you yes. know what? At least they got the presenters right. Because Scott Mendelson presented that award, obviously, right? 
No. Scott Mendelson was not a presenter on the show. So the, Jeff the, Bach the, did. Jeff Jeff no. Bach did. Jeff it was Bach, not. Wait, we did. We did, right? The no, we were, there? We were watching the, we were watching the show That's, on our televisions okay. on, on YouTube TV and Paramount Plus respectively. Okay. So okay, so yeah. so so then we we had nothing to do with it then. No. No. Okay. It was well, not This should have been the final award of the mm-hmm. show and it should have been presented jointly by the BO Boys, Scott Mendelson and Jeff Bach of Exhibitor Relations Co. The four of us on stage holding hands. Mhm. Giving yeah. out the most important award that's ever been given out and it should have been given out last to the only nominee in the category Barbie. That is how the Golden Globe should have ended tonight. And as far as the rest of the show, you know, I think we should get into quickly how this portends to maybe Oscars and stuff like that. But Oppenheimer was the big winner. Mm-hmm. It won Best Drama. So it was not up against Barbie in that yeah. category, but it was up against Barbie and director and Nolan beat Greta Gerwig for Best Director. And of course, I'm hot about that because... Yeah. Nolan's career was resurrected because of piggybacking on Barbie. Okay. You know, coming off of Tenet, he was our he was our dead horse. Mm-hmm. We were whipping that dead horse back in summer of 2020. Go back, listen to the archives historical document. BO Boys were broadcasting all through COVID box office. Tenet was a disaster. Nolan would not allow it to be played in drive-ins during yep. a pandemic. He was our dead horse, comes back to life because of Greta Gerwig, because of Barbie, and the award should have reflected that. She should have won Best Director for directing the movie that turned Oppenheimer into a giant hit. Listen, that movie would have done well if it opened in June. It would not have done what it did opening the same day as Barbie. It just wouldn't have been nominated for the box office award, that's for sure. No. Well, maybe because John Wick 4 was. And listen, John Wick 4 is a hit. We love that movie. But that, I don't love that's that movie. A, that's a that's a uh, uh, that's a that's a padding. Right it made there. like it made the same amount as the third one with a much bigger budget. I think I think I think calling John Wick 4 like a huge success is sort of like blind, you know, like a, I know we don't talk about budget. Well, yeah, and I, and I, mean, I it was a hit. That that movie was a hit. It was a hit, was a hit but it, it. it definitely Personal, maxed out how sure. much you can well anyway we're not here to talk about john wick four but okay but it shouldn't have been the, nominated for the box office achievement that's what no it should have been well nothing else should have been other than the only movie that could have won so yes. i think where do you think the golden globes tonight lead as far as the oscars does it change anything for you does it solidify anything for you so the winners let me just quickly the winners were in the big categories uh, supporting Robert Downey Jr. Oppenheimer, one supporting actor. Uh, Divine Joy Brown from The Holdovers, one supporting actress. And then there's four best actor actresses tonight because they split comedy. Mm-hmm. So uh, Killian Murphy and Giamatti won drama and comedy for actor. And Lily Gladstone and Emma Stone won drama and comedy actress. And then Oppenheimer and Poor Things won the best pictures. Nolan won director. So all that said, Clayton, what did this solidify or change for you in terms of where you see the Oscars going? Now, I always say we give too much credit to the Golden Globes forecasting yep. the Oscars because they're a bunch of 
nobodies who know nothing, mm-hmm. just giving awards to people they like. I mean, I like Anatomy of the Fall, but the fact that Anatomy of the Fall won as many awards as it did, it's a very Globes thing to do. Yeah. Right. And won what? Screenplay and foreign film? Yeah. Which, again, great, but doesn't help with the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Here's my thought, and I and I, I think I got a few of these correct, in that I thought Nolan was going to win director, and I think mm-hmm. he will win director at the Oscars. I think it's inevitable. I know you are wanting Gehrig to win, and I agree that she should, she should win because of what she did with that property mm-hmm. when everybody was saying, make it animated, make it animated. Right. And she didn't listen and she crafted this world from this IP that could have been terrible. And she could have been a huge hit and a critical darling. That could have been Gem in the Holograms. It could have been Gem in the Holograms. Right. Again, could have been Jody and the Pussycats. But Nolan is playing the game. He's he's being as he's being as nice and entertaining to people as he possibly can, which, God, let's see how that works, because if he's if this is as entertaining as he gets, this is going to be a rough season. I mean, the speeches. You're a big speeches guy. Terrible, terrible speech. Boring. Could you find someone who's more boring than Christopher Nolan? Um, Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy. I mean, I mean he's just as boring. The two of those two in a room together. My goodness. Our, uh, Robert Downey Jr., I mean, he looks like Richard Pryor in his prime compared to those guys. Yeah. Now, I think Robert Downey Jr., Slam doink. Yeah, slam doink. I think the Lily, Melton things ended tonight. The Melton thing ended tonight. Melton thing's over. Melton's over. Yeah. Lily Gladstone. I, I, listen, it's great that Emma won. Lily, Lily's slam doink. Slam yeah. doink. She's winning best actress. Slam, slam doink. doink. Yeah. I think, I think uh, Killian wins best actor. I know you're pulling for Giamatti. I think, let's talk box office. The holdovers needed to be a big hit, and it's not. Uh, I, think I don't think that, that beat, matters. Right? Hold on. I don't think Let that matters speak. for an Let acting award. Not for an Let acting award. Sure. Let me speak. Let me speak. I think the fact that he beat right is I love right. And listen, and I'm going to real quick. I just got to say this. Andrew Scott. I saw all of us strangers. I'm not a critic. Huh? Huh? N- haven't cried at a movie that much since dear Evan Hansen. Just going to, just going to say that. Wow. S- I, I said, I did you sat next to me when I sat next Evan to Dear Evan Hansen, not for all of us strangers. And you were, you were a mess for Dear Evan Hansen. So I can't even yeah. imagine what happened with this, all of us strangers this weekend. It is a work of art. Okay. Wow. Wow. I am. My heart is with Andrew Scott. I know he probably won't get nominated, but I dismissed him when we were talking go- globes and I am sorry, Andrew Scott, you are a great actor and you are, uh, you created and helped create a beautiful work of art. But we're talking box office here. So, but here's one thing on on Andrew Scott. I just want to jump in and maybe give you. I think he's got a shot for number five because I think Leo is not going to get the nomination. I think Leo and Marty Mm -hmm. are all in on the the mission awards mission of of Kills of Flower Moon is Lily Gladstone winning Best Actress, Mm -hmm. and I think Leo is starting to fade into the background which he seems to be totally fine with. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're looking at the best actor five, Killian and Paul Giamatti are the 
the do- the doinkiest of doinks. The two of mm-hmm. them are they won tonight. I think it's the two of them battling for the win. Uh, I think Bradley Cooper is getting in there, and he's a still I think an outside shot to win. Um, but I think I he's think so. he's third. I think it's I think it's Giamatti versus Killian. Um, Jeffrey Wright is getting in. Yes, and I think As that five spot feels like Leo's five, but I actually think Andrew Scott is going to jump in there ahead of Leo. He's going to be this year's Paul Mescal. That's I, what I think. That's I, I really, think. really hope so. Now let's, let's just talk Giamatti and, and Killian really quick. Sure. Killian boring is all hell. Giamatti with his speech mm-hmm. came prepared. Mm. The man is armed for battle. Yes. He is. He has a narrative. He has a, my family are teachers. Teachers are important. I play yes. a teacher. You already yes. like me, but guess what you like even more? The concept of teachers. Yes. I don't think people actually like teachers as much as they say they like teachers. No offense to teachers, but the concept of teachers is something that you can get behind. I mean, it's right. one of those things because like- kids, uh, kids hate teachers and adults hate paying teachers, but everyone they, they don't loves- respect saying, teachers, yeah. Right. And everyone says though, but- we have to respect teachers. So I think people want to honor teachers in ways where they don't have to pay them. Mm-hmm. So giving Paul Giamatti an Oscar is a way of honoring teachers without having to pay them uh, living wages. Absolutely. So people Which can get behind that. I could get behind that. Now, th- it is. Th- it, we'll have to see what happens with, with the rest of these awards because – if Killian just starts rolling and getting all these awards, then it's over. But if Giamatti can sort of hold back the wave for Oppenheimer, right? Which it seems like Oppenheimer is going to win best pitcher. It's going to win best director. You know, Robert Downey Jr. is going to win, you know, slam doink of all slam doinks. Best That's supporting. That's the doinkiest doink. I think G- Giamatti has sort of a chance, but I, right now I'm not seeing I, it. I'm shocked. I, I am shocked. Where you are, listen, you could think Killian is the more likely. The I'm not seeing it after they both won tonight. Giamatti gave the much better speech, the much more memorable speech, the speech that's going to make people like him and want to see him more, where Killian went up there and just stiff as a board. Stiff as a board, gave the people nothing, gave no narrative. And listen, Holdovers was not a box office hit but it is a movie everyone is watching like all the people who vote for these awards everyone will have seen the holdovers will all of them have seen poor things i think a lot less than the holdovers will all of them have seen zone of interest and anime fall very few will have seen that everyone who votes for the oscars will have seen the holdovers and will like that movie no one is going to not like that movie pat you know so the dismissal the dismissal is what's shocking to me because if we were sitting here in a month and Killian Murphy had just won the SAG award, just won three other awards. And I'd say, okay, there's momentum as of tonight. The two of them are the front runners to win and nothing changed that. Pat, it's a predominantly comedic performance by Giamatti. Okay. What does the Academy? It's not like a comedy though. Or, I mean, it's not a, it, Pat, this is not him trying to win for a fish called Wanda, which won a, an Oscar. This is him okay. winning for a, a dramedy that is a tearjerker. Pat, 
uh, you're letting your heart get in the way here. No, I, don't, don't, yes, don't are. give me that. Don't give me that. Don't give me calm, that. You need to don't calm down and be less emotional is what I'm saying. Don't tell me to calm we're, down. We're analytical. This is an analytical show and we're analyzing. So you got to put your emotions to the side Dude, here. First. You're Clayton, being hysterical. Clayton, you're getting hysterical. Clayton, you got to calm down. You're, you're, calm. you're very, I, I have want to be our senior intern, Christopher on speed dial. Okay. I could get him in this seat. So quickly, it'll make your head spin. That box office hat that people could see you wearing on our YouTube channel, it'll fly off your head how quickly it'll spin when I get Wanna Be Out Christopher. From my cold, dead hands. Now, let me continue. Jack will be the one who takes care of that. You know what? Listen, do not invoke Jack. If I see Jack at my door, there's going to be some It's over. It's over. I mean, it is over for me, I feel like. But here's the thing. What does the Academy like more than a historical figure, a be- a boring performance about a historical figure? They love those performances. Sure. That is why Killian Murphy is the front runner, and I but think he's going to win. Giamatti uh, gave I, a great performance, but it is comedic. Dude, it is comedic. Okay. Sure, but but you're the, the – It's thing not talking out of your ass thing, like Jim Carrey, but it's comedic. The thing that uh, I find silly, which is what I find your your what you're saying now silly, is that today you are talking in foregone conclusions. When instead, as of today, that best actor race is a clear two horse race. Yeah, and things over the next few weeks will give us more information, and this could be your prediction now. But you are talking down to people who think that this is a two horse race and that again could change over the, again, that could change. But as of tonight, nothing about the globes changed the fact that those two are clearly the people who could win that award. Listen, Pat, I texted you. I'm going to admit to this. I texted you after I saw all of us strangers that Andrew Scott makes all the other nominees look like bozos. I this is not about who I think should win, a, and I know that's where you're thing. going. But okay, and of course I stepped that back because I felt bad because I do like Wright and I love Giamatti. I mean, I love Wright too, but I love Giamatti and Cooper's my man. He's my boy. Okay, but I do feel, in all honesty, a little bit of an emotional connection here with you and Giamatti, where you're not seeing what See, I'm. See, this seeing. is this is where this is this is. This is it, where you're 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 overstepping your bounds here. I, I'm not. I'm you're overstepping saying. your bounds. You're overstepping your bounds. You're overstepping your bounds. For you, you're the audience doesn't have bounds. bounds. The audience isn't saying, "Oh, don't go there, Clayton." They're saying, "Go there, you're Clayton." You're overstepping this your. This, you, this, no, listen. This is great show. radio. I admit, this is it's great all, radio. Great. Of course, it's great radio. But it's great radio. Kirk Minahan is is lighting up a stogie listening to this right now. I think what you need to do is, you know, interrogate your feelings and come back with a clear head. It's not about feelings. They both just won the only major precursors that we have in its data points. They both won them tonight. And yet you're sitting here talking in foregone conclusions and trying to make me seem like a person who's going on emotion, even though... They both won the same award tonight, and one of them gave a bomb of a speech in front of the room of people who are going to be voting on the Oscars. Dude, 
um, um, uh, 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 Bo is afraid. What's his face? Joaquin Phoenix gave nothing but terrible speeches, and he still won for Joker. But there was no, there was no, there was no competition in that year that anyone even thought was be close to winning that award. Adam Driver for Marriage Story should have won, but but he was never looked at by any prognot that was the supporting actress of that year in terms of this year divine joy brown is the runaway slam doink oh, to win an oscar yeah, yeah. We don't have and joaquin phoenix was the of the four acting categories that year was the one who was the slam doink now can i ask you because you know we we gotta find sources and look at facts yes where are you seeing where are you seeing that Giamatti has as big of a chance as you're giving him? Go, Where, go, to, going to let's look up, Derby? go to betting odds. Yeah, no, look at the betting odds. I'm not in a the betting odds. In the but the degenerates, no, the degenerates, the Deegans were in the Deegans were on Kiwi Kwan quicker than anyone last mm-hmm. year. Yeah, so you go. Look up all the different betting sites that uh, that have odds on the Oscars. Here's a shout out of, of people who closely follow this. Mike, Mike, and Oscar. We were a guest uh, on that great show. Great show. Uh, great. About a month. I only ago. met one Mike, but if he's anything like the other Mike, he's I've must met, be a great man. I've met both Mikes, and they are they are both great Mikes. Okay. The so Mike I met was very nice. The other Mike, almost as good. Almost, almost as, good. as good. Okay. They follow this closer than anyone. Yeah. And they also follow, aside from following the experts, the gold derbies and stuff, they follow the betting odds. And Giamatti has been the favorite. And obviously the odds will change tonight. You know, all the bookmakers are are updating the odds after they watch the Golden Globes. So he's up there. That is the two horse race is the two of them. I, I, where do you think I'm disagreeing that this is a two horse race? Because there you're talking a, about it in terms of a foregone conclusion. I'm making a prognostic. I'm prognosticating. I'm prognosticating, which is what we do. Right. Right. And then you're getting mad at me saying that I think Killian is going to win this. Oh, I, listen, if he would also, if he wins, that's not one of my favorite movies. If he wins, he wins. There's been, Best actor performances that I think stink. This is not yeah. one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, what I am getting worked up about is so that you, you went right to. Well, you I'm getting it. worked up about the accusations of me getting worked up about. I'm not getting worked well, that up. That gets a little blurry there. I'm not getting worked up that you think Cillian is going to win over Giamatti. I'm getting worked up over the fact that. You think that I'm getting worked up about that and you're claiming emotionality about that because I'm not emotional about that. I'm emotional about the accusations of being emotional. And that's what's making me furious. I'm just sort of observing what I'm seeing is what I'm doing. Okay. Um, So so that's the best actor race. Best actress, we said, Lily Gladstone, Slam Doink. It's a Slam Doink. I mean... Uh, there's, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, 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 I, I don't, there's no, there's really no speech she could give that would turn her, f- turn people off on her. So at this you know point, I mean? do we feel like 
the the four acting categories, three out of the four are near doinks. Uh, yeah, I think Downey. I think um, I think uh, uh, Divine. Right. And I think that Lily. So the only one, and I'll admit to this, the only one that has any sort of question mark right now is Best Actor. Right. Right. I, you know? I mean, I think we'll when we get closer to it. And listen, when the nominations for the Oscars come out in a few weeks, we'll get a better idea. I think the picture director screenplay stuff, especially picture and director, I don't think it's chalk yet that that's Oppenheimer winning both of those. No, and I, I, think, I, I don't think so. I, and I, mean, I think and I think tonight, yeah. listen, you're the one who started with let's not make the Golden Globes be the one that decide everything. And you're starting to go in that direction. You're start you're becoming a person no. who says the Golden Globes actually do decide the Oscars. No, I'm thinking of the Academy and what the decisions they've made previously. And Killian Murphy seems to be the sort of pick they make is what I'm saying. Let's even get away from best actor, just director and picture. Uh I think coming off of this Globes, I do think there's going to be a lot of chatter and not just amongst people on Twitter who don't matter, but even within Hollywood, which does matter Uh probably more than anything. And the people who vote on this, that it's a bad look. Even and Oppenheimer was a hit, but are we going to give all of the awards to the movie that was not the biggest hit of the nominees? And obviously that's happened before, but like Avatar Way of Water wasn't going to win Best Picture. Yeah. Maverick wasn't going to win Best Picture. If this is a race between Barbie and Oppenheimer for Best Picture and Best Director, are you going to give it to the movie that piggybacked on the other one's box office? And I think that's a conversation these voters should be having. And as BO boys, we should be firmly on one side of that. We will got to keep the conversation going, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yes. I mean, the thing is, I, I, I do. I just think that there is it's that, a bad luck. I, I, it is, but I do think there's that idea that, you know, Nolan, the the, the Nor- Nolan story is uh, is going to be viewed in a different way than we view it, and it's going to look like he's a comeback kid, and they're not going to give credit to Greta where, when they should, and I think that is terrible. I mean, I mean, I do think if we can get this out here and keep the conversation going, that it's like mm-hmm. she should win because she helped him. Because she helped him. Yeah, because now he's going to be directing movies for the rest of his life. And after Tenet, if he would have had another bomb, who knows if this guy's doing TV shows? Who knows if he's Fincher and he's doing right. shows on Netflix? Like right. this guy got saved by Greta and Barbie, right? And 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 it's not being acknowledged. And I agree with that, right? Because you look at Fincher. Fincher wound up in streaming. Mm-hmm. And it's not even because his movies bombed. No, he had you Gone know, Girl. Gone Girl was his last theatrical movie before he got relegated to Netflix. Yeah. So there is a, easily a world in which Oppenheimer doesn't piggyback off of Barbie, mm-hmm. does okay. And after that, he, you're right, he's Fincher, where the next time he goes around saying, hey, I need $100 million to make my movie – 
everyone around town is like, hey, maybe you should just go down the hall and go go meet with Netflix. So, so we ain't giving you that. Yeah. I mean, Scorsese had to go to Netflix and then Apple. And I mean, we're forgetting Spielberg b- barely got Lincoln made. Right. Almost 10, what was that, 10 years ago, something like that, less than 10 years ago. But like, that is the environment he's living in. Right. And he's right. he's succeeding beyond any measure because of someone else. Right. Right. So that so I think that is going to have to be a talking point this award season is do you reward the one who piggybacked mm-hmm. or the one who's, who's piggy back you're piggying. Who's back is a yeah, right. The the is back being is piggied? The, yeah, the, who's being piggied. Yes. That's do you, I think you reward the one who's being piggy, not the piggier. And Nolan we is gotta, the piggier. Yeah. We got to look this up and streamline this message because yeah. I think uh, we got to get that right. Because it doesn't I think fit on a sign right now. It's a powerful statement. Um, yeah. And it's close. So we got to yeah. get there. I mean, listen, yeah. this is the Golden Globes. We got to have it good for the Oscars. Oh, yeah. We've got to have this statement about the piggy, who's the piggier, who's the back. We've got to have this ready for SAG. Uh, for SAG. For SAG. Yes. Yeah. We've got to. Have, and speaking of, I mean, by the time people are listening to this, Monday morning SAG Awards come out, a uh, SAG Award mm. nominations come out. And that's going to tell us a lot about who's going to get the Oscar nominations. Oh, and I don't think your I've boy, been- uh, not Adam and- Scott, of course. What's his name? Andrew. Andrew Scott. Scott. Big uh, morning for him with the SAGs. Uh, I. I have to make a statement because I don't know if I've publicly made this statement. Okay. That um, if Andrew Scott Mm -hmm. or America. Okay. Oh, okay. You're going with America Ferrer. Okay. Or Andrew Scott. Nominated for SAG. I mean, hopefully both. But if either one get nominated for SAG, I will pay my SAG dues and I will be in good standing in SAG. Wow. Wow. This is my vow. Tomorrow morning, I will know whether I owe my, well, I still owe, I'm going to always owe, but whether I'm going to owe my credit card company. Right. Where do you push this debt is basically X amount of money to pay my dues. So, okay. So America for supporting actress or Andrew Scott for best actor gets SAG nominations you will pay your dues so that you will then be allowed to vote on the SAG awards. Now, if they both get snubbed, right? SAG is shit out of luck because I don't know the next time. I mean, maybe next year when someone else I like is going to get nominated. I mean, there's, you know, listen, there's talk of GoFundMe. We'll talk about this when the nominations come out. But yeah, um, there's a possibility we do a GoFundMe. Um, but that's going to be big news on Monday. So you'll mm. know. By, wow. by the time you listen to this episode, you'll know is Clayton going to have to put out a ton of money? Yeah, because it's it's been I mean, talk about piggybacking that that debt has been piggybacking on previous debt for years now. So you, you owe a decent. This is wow. So this is pre-COVID, yeah. So you owe quite a chunk of change. Mm-hmm. And if Andrew Scott or America Ferrer get SAG award nominations for movies, not you know if they did a stream or we're not counting that. No, if they get yeah. awards nominated for movies, mm-hmm. you will pay your back 
SAG dues. Now, I have to be clear. I just have to be clear here. Be clear. Cast doesn't count because that's the big best picture. Cast. So, of course, Barbie is going to get nominated. So she will be nominated. But I'm saying individual nomination. Individual. Supporting actress or Andrew Scott for best actor. Got it. Yes. I have to draw the line somewhere because we know Barbie is going to get that nomination. Yeah. Yeah. It's the individual achievement. And that'll be... Yeah, I mean, that'll be another interesting one, that battle between uh, Barbie and Oppenheimer, you know, the SAG Awards could be friendlier to something like Barbie than maybe the Golden Globes were. Mm -hmm. We'll see. We're going to be covering all of this through, of course, the lens of being the B.O. Boys. And this is this is the biggest box office. I would say the biggest box office specific Oscar race we've had in a long time. Because it's Barbenheimer battling for these awards, and that is purely, to me, a box office story. I mean, uh, listen, I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm assuming Barbie, if it won Best Picture, would be one of the highest grossing Best Pictures of all time. Right. I mean, Titanic. It would probably be the the highest grossing Best Picture since Titanic. Yeah. I mean, more than The Artist. I mean, the thing is, they always say Gone with the Wind made like $20 billion in, right. in 20s money. Right. But we don't, we don't, we don't talk about, you know, like we don't talk about 20s money. Yeah. We don't talk about 20s money. Yeah. Um, all right. So a lot more to come on the award season. Uh, you know, how are you that, feeling? Are you calmer now? Now I'm not. Now I'm not. Okay. Just checking in, just checking in. Wanted to see how you're doing. This is why this is why we need to have four hours a day every day in the morning. Mm-hmm. Because by hour three, and if we had callers in the mix and okay. callers are calling up, and all these people listen, telling you to calm down, all these all callers the, hearing what I'm hearing and 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 telling you to just chill out. Well, they would, even though it's not true, they would because they'd know that would make good radio and great radio. And, you know, callers come in to egg people on and uh, uh, they would call up and they would, uh, then you'd have callers who would do Giamatti impressions. Yeah, yeah. And they would, in a Giamatti impression, they would say, hey, it's your, it's your idol, Paul Giamatti. I just want to call and say, calm down. And there'd be a caller who does a great Paul Giamatti impression and he thinks that's going to get him a regular spot on the show. And it's not. Mm-mm. It's not. I'd you give know. him a spot. You wouldn't. Not after that one. Yeah. Not after that one. But then, then when he called back and did Andrew Scott impression and said how he didn't get nominated, and then you know, asked, "Hey, does that make you cry? Like, like I made you cry Fuck in the movie guy. theater? Hang up. Well, then that's the thing. Yeah. Then you get would off hang my up phone. on him. Get off my yeah. phone. So that's why we need four hours a day, because by hour three, this would just be an all-time screaming match. Mm-hmm. You know, but we need those three, four hours to get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. But we're getting there. We're getting there. But you know what? You're we're not there. getting there tonight. We're not getting there tonight because we're gotta cut it off now. Mm-hmm. We gotta cut off because it's a podcast, not a four-hour drive time radio show. So of course, email us the BO Boys Podcast at Gmail. Dot com. Uh, we love getting your boots on the ground reporting. Give us your takes on the award season. Did you watch the Golden Globes? What do you think of Joe Coy? Email us, the B.O. Boys podcast at gmail.com. But also, don't we don't care what you thought of Joe Coy. That's the last no. we'll speak of uh, stand-up comedians for a while. Um, 
Follow us on social media at the VO Boys Pod. Want to be a senior intern, Christopher Killen with the clips on Twitter X, on TikTok, on our YouTube. He's putting clips up. Of course, want to be a junior intern, Jack. Just you got to subscribe to the BO Boys Substack. This guy's writing up a storm. He is in the mold of Scott Mendelson, in the mold, young, aspiring, hungry box office writer. And he's writing for us right now on the BO Boys Substack. Just put up his analysis of the weekend results for January 5th. Uh, you know, listen, not a must read. Scott Mendelson is the only must read, but Jack is a should read for sure. Mm. So subscribe to the B.O. Boys Substack. We're in fact, of, yes. Pat, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we got a great review on iTunes about the Substack from P.J. Oh. Peloton. Said, okay. good stuff, B.O. Boys. Five stars, of course. Entertaining podcast and exceptional Substack articles. Kudos to whoever writes those. Wow. Okay, Jack. Great shout out because now you were doing something that matters which is getting us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. So mm-hmm. your work, your words, they officially matter now. That yeah. is that is huge for Jack. Um, yeah, I'm looking at our uh, Apple Podcast page. We've gotten a great batch of five-star reviews recently. So thank you all for those. Uh, just quickly, some of the ones, five stars, uh, love the show, ho, ho, ho. Five stars, love the show, ho, ho, ho. Thanks, Pat uh, and Lee Waffle said that. Uh, great pod from Jermaine O'Neill. Uh, someone asked, this is an interesting question, five stars, and then CM from Billerica asked, is this okay? Is it plagiarism if I give a box office opinion at a party that I stole from the pod without properly sourcing the B.O. boys? Uh, Clayton, what do you think about that? It's an interesting question. Well, would you make a statement that Plato made and then not say Plato said it? Uh, Same thing with Aristotle. Same thing Mm -hmm. with, um, you know, Seneca. Right, right. So I don't think it's plagiarism. There's not a legal element to it, but there's an intellectual inauthenticity to it. So what I would say is here's an opinion I heard from the BL boys. And then list our socials, our Substack, TikTok, my GoFundMe for my SAG, uh, and then say, "Here's my take on what they said. I agree with it." Then mm-hmm. you're in the clear. Right, right, right. Yeah, or or maybe you know, just text a, a Bo Boys link tree to whoever it is you're talking to. Be mm-hmm. like, "Going to give you this opinion before I do." Here's a here's a bunch of links that you need to have, and then you give the opinion. Um, yeah, I agree. I think I think uh, I think attribute us, but here's what I'll say: if you're at a party mm-hmm. and you're talking to a person and you're hitting it off with them, with this person, person, and a great bit of knowledge that you heard on the Bo Boys is going to make that connection really spark and lead to something. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you the blessing. If the attribution is going to, is going to put an end to that or, or mm-hmm. is going to, is going to lead to them, you know, that person saying, 
oh, who are these B.O. boys? Because listen, mm-hmm. I'm taken. Are they single? Are they single? And the thing is, I'm not. I'm a lifelong and, bachelor. And you're a lifelong bachelor. So we don't want to screw that up for you. No. So you have my blessing. Pretend you came up with it. If yes. it's going to lead to a romantic spark at a party. Finally, Pat, we agree on something tonight. Yeah. I also agree. Yeah. Use that bit of knowledge to further your romantic life. Yes. Um, and where else do people need to follow? So yeah, keep giving us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. You could ask questions there. And as you saw, we'll answer a very deep question. Mm-hmm. You know, so so five-star review, ask us a deep question. We'll answer it on the podcast. And yeah, I think that's it. I think that is all we've got to say. There's not much to say. There is, there can't be. There just can't, can't be. be. No. Time-wise. But anyway, there's only one thing left to say, actually. Until next time. We'll, we'll smell, smell you.